Hello, and welcome to the show. Today, we'll be joined by Aurora Meneghello, who's the founder of a really cool company called Repurpose Your Purpose. In the past couple of episodes, we've been talking about how nobody's path is a straight line. We've been talking about finding your truth, and and we've done that through a couple personal stories. But today, we're going to be talking to Aurora, who is a professional in this and helps people transition out of careers that they no longer see fit. And the way that she does this is in a very deep and almost spiritual way. And so she'll talk to us about getting in touch with our bodies and aligning our values and our minds to to what's important to us, and then redirecting that into finding our purpose in career. There's a lot of other ways that this can relate to life. She mainly focuses on career change, but I think the lessons learned in our conversation can be applicable throughout life, not just in your nine to five job. So listen and learn with us and welcome to the show. Welcome to the 13th grade. What are some of the moments you remember most about high school? I'm going to go ahead and say it wasn't the Pythagorean theorem. Maybe I need to learn the TikTok, you know, that's, <laughs> that's where I'm at right now. And I'm interested in exploring all the things we didn't learn in school. The secret of life is to enjoy the journey, to have fun, to embrace yourself. I'm your host, Rebecca Burrow. I want to invite you to learn with us. Get ready to learn something. Welcome to the 13th grade. Hello and welcome. I'm really excited to be with our guest today, Aurora Meneghello, who I met through a mutual friend and has become a friend over the years. Um, We've kind of watched each other's entrepreneurial journeys through social media and email newsletters, and I've been really excited to watch her organization grow. She is a transformational coach, and she is the founder of a really cool organization called Repurpose Your Purpose, which helps people change career paths. And I will hand it over to you, Aurora, to give us a little bit more of an intro of who you are and and what you do and what you're excited to be sharing with us today. Thank you, Rebecca. Well, I am so excited to be on your podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Um, Thanks for being here. Yeah, and I'm a transformational coach. I work at a very deep level with people who want to live a fulfilling life. And a big focus of what I do with my practice is working with people who want to change careers, but they don't know yet what they want to do next. And one thing that I love about your podcast is that you talk about things that they don't teach you at school. And I find there's so many things I want to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe I'll let you ask one question to to start <laughs> and let's see how much we can cover. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's funny. It is one of these topics, things you didn't learn in school. Like, you know, you could build a whole podcast around it because there are so many things you can talk about. And it's the work that you do is so fitting. And I'm really excited to dive in deeper to the work that you do. Mm-hmm. So I guess I will have you start off with like telling us a little bit about repurpose your purpose and what led you there. Give us a little backstory. Yeah. So I used to be a wedding photographer and years ago I changed careers and moved into marketing. And for the longest time I had this idea in the back of my mind that it was very difficult to make that transition, not knowing what I wanted to do. And that was the hardest part for me. 
And I always joke that, you know, when I was looking for career advice, I found things that basically fit in two buckets. There was the bucket Mm -hmm. of you need, you know, to go back to school, get an MBA, have a network of these many people, you know, everything outside focused and really, really overwhelming. And then there was the other bucket, the... (laughs) <laughs> the meditate your way to the million dollar bucket as I like to call it uh, yeah <laughs> still working on that part yeah <laughs> so, so I found that the work I ended up having to do with myself was much much deeper and it went to the core of who I was and who I saw myself to be So fast forward uh, years later, and, you know, I enjoy marketing and so forth, but this idea was still there. And when I quit my full-time job a few years ago and I started working independently, I just decided that I wanted to start helping people with this. And we know, you know, we know plan. I wasn't like, here's a business plan. This is going to be my career. And, you know, the rest is history. This is what I do now. That's awesome. Who who was like the first, you know, you don't have to give the whole story, but what was the first project that you that you worked on that led you to believe that this was something you could keep doing? Yeah, that's a really good question, actually. So one thing that I used to be very much into was planning and controlling everything. Mm-hmm. And I had a Me huge... Me too. <laughs> right? <laughs> I had a huge change about that. And so... I read this book called The Surrender Experiment, which literally changed my life. And it talks about giving up this idea that if you don't control things, things will not work out. Mm -hmm. And it really made me realize I always have this, but what is going to happen? Without thinking of, am I going to make money from this? Is this something I will do in two years? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Just kind of following what feels natural and good. And so what happened is that I had two friends that for a long time had asked me, oh, can you help me? I want to change careers. I don't know what to do, so forth. What is it like to go through life without having um, to necessarily control what happens? Yeah. And that changed my life. Awesome. That's great. And it has grown and you have helped so many people. You're doing group. I want to call it, I want to call it group therapy, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, group programs. But it can feel very therapeutic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that's really cool. You were just, you were, you were, you know, practicing and taking your own medicine, following your purpose. That's great. I'm, I'm interested to hear a little bit more about the different like people that you've worked with and their stories without sharing specifics, of course. But what are some of the red flags that you've seen or that people can pay attention to throughout their, their careers or their lives? Like, What are some of the things that pop up that make you say, oh, this might be a this might be time for a change, or this might be something I need to pay attention to. We're very disconnected from ourselves. And sometimes that's something that we've experienced until we're finally shaken out of that. And sometimes that happens because we find ourselves in a work environment that is not good for us. And we Mm -hmm. don't realize the effect it's having until we are in that disconnected state. So what do I mean about disconnecting from ourselves? So this can take different, it can happen, you know, it can feel in different ways. One example that I was giving you before is my own wanting to control. 
That's mm-hmm. a fundamental sign of disconnection. It means that not only I'm disconnected from myself, but I feel a disconnection from the outside. So mm. even if consciously am I not feeling threatened, there is a sense of threat. There is a sense of I have to hold it together or I have to protect myself. Right. right. And in a lot of the time, that's how our society, mainstream culture, that's how we are taught to go about life sometimes something happens to us and so we develop it so very often when we're in that state it's hard for us to then be in tune when something is not good for us we're so used to monitoring and and sort of being this state of me versus the world right and there's a spectrum to this that we don't notice when something is at the beginning of not working or we assume things never feel that great. Right. So one thing that I think is fundamental is to change the relationship to ourselves, to really start tuning in and feeling at a subtle level. Do I make any energy from this? What are the thoughts going in my mind? Am I tense? Right. And the more you are in tune with yourself and start reconnecting with that deeper self, the more you can open up and feel a sense of connection to the outside, the inside and the outside. It's our own perception. Right. It's it's always fluid. It's not separate in right. reality. When you're then in that state, you can feel when something is out of tune and you can trust yourself to either stay with that saying, mm, I don't know, this workplace environment or this career doesn't feel very good for me right now. So maybe I'm going to start be more in tune, pay more attention, see what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Or maybe you'll know right away, like, wow, this is really not right. You know, I don't feel appreciated or these conversations are bringing me down. So I'm going to start looking for something else. Yeah. The problem that happens with most of us, and again, me included, right, until I started doing this work and understood myself much deeper, is that we don't have the level of tuning in. So by the time we get hit by things not working, they're pretty bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And or we are so conditioned that life is hard, we're supposed to put it up, oh my God, what if I end up with no money, you know, all these things that we can, we don't have the sort of open heart, open mind to see the action and trust that we can follow through. Right. Yeah, we, we build up so much fear because exactly. all of a sudden we realize, oh, I'm not supposed to be here, but I don't know what else to do. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, so that's a really big pattern. And it, it, for everybody, then will take a different uh, shape. So for some people, it will be a fear of, you know, lack of funds. Like money is always a big one, right? But also, mm-hmm. like, it can be a fear of not being good enough or a fear of failure in general. You know, then it will have a different shape. And when it's your fear, it always makes sense to you. Right. And so developing a sense where we can honor how we feel and at the same time be able to take three steps back and not identify with that fear, that's a major breakthrough. Yeah, that's great. 
That's great. So what, how do you, when they're, okay, so you've realized the pattern, maybe they're at a breaking point. What happens next? Like, how do you get them to now focus on, okay, what should you be doing? What direction should you be going? Okay. So first of all, there's no shoulds. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Take that out of my vocabulary. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, there's, there's a lot in what you just asked. One is that it doesn't matter if I see a pattern or not. It's not for me to see a pattern. It's for you to see your own pattern. Mm-hmm. And I think when we talk about what they don't teach in school, right? Well, this is a major thing they don't teach in school. It's a major thing that it's you, you have to have a real awareness and understanding of yourself and how things look to you. And that's the only thing that will make a difference. Somebody else telling you what you should do or what is good or how the world works is going to make zero difference unless you right. have your own deep awareness and understanding, right? So that's one thing. The second thing is I never tell people what to do. I guide through a process where you start accepting yourself and coming from a place of curiosity and love and contribution and growth. And people have their own answers. Yeah. And I can never tell, I mean really like sometimes somebody starts working with me and I become very good and not basically believing whatever I think because I might have a thought <laughs> and then it's like nope it's not at all what I think right oh, interesting <laughs> so, yeah it's really the you we all inside of ourselves have this inner light this inner wisdom and my job is to help you let go of what keeps you from embracing it hmm. I don't know what that is going to tell you. Yeah. And I think there was one more thing I wanted to say about this, but now it escapes me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But understood one thing that I'm, oh, how you maybe, how you get in touch with this. The third thing is that you need to have your own motivation. Meaning that at some point the work is going to be challenging or uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that your coach can make you do. You right. have to have the motivation and the understanding that you have to go through some discomfort and challenge. And in the end, that's going to be much better than staying with what is familiar, but really painful right now. Yeah. This seems like a good place to take a break. We'll be right back. In case you haven't noticed by now, the world has gone digital. Do you have a business that desperately needs a web presence? Knit Marketing is a full-service digital marketing agency that would love to help you bring your brand into the 21st century. Go to knitmarketing.com to schedule a free consultation today. In a year with so many unknowns and a surprisingly busy year for the housing market, you'll want a realtor who takes the stress out of the home buying or selling process. Hilary Blaha, Southern CA Pinnacle Real Estate Agent, is patient, hardworking, and loves being able to help her clients fulfill their real estate goals. If you've been looking for a better home office or more outdoor space because let's keep it real, who knows when life will ever be back to normal. Hilary Blaha is your realtor. You do the dreaming, Hilary will take care of the rest. Find out more at hillaryblaha.com. You know, it can be when you're younger or older, it doesn't matter. We all have our own timing. Where we are faced with what am I doing? And we want more meaning, more purpose. 
And that requires doing much deeper work than what do I put in my resume. Mm -hmm. And it's important to recognize if you're in that place versus I want to get a job. Because the work you have to do is different. And if you just go look for a job and try to get a job when you have a deep desire for meaning and purpose, you're going to be unhappy no matter what job you get. But if you instead do the work of connecting with what is calling you, then you'll find that whether you have a lot of choices or very few choices, you will be happy and fulfilled in the game of pursuing that because you're now in alignment Mm -hmm. with yourself. Yeah, I really like the way that you put that in the in the game of pursuing it. It's not like, okay, I've I've figured it out. I know that I am called to be a veterinarian or something and I'm going to go do that and once I become a veterinarian like everything is fine. Like no, it's it's a lifelong pursuit. And so I really like I really like the way that you put that. It's definitely not there's no end to this game. <laughs> So, right. And it's yeah. actually great that example you just gave because that is something that, you know, we're taught basically to go about that, right? Like, okay, right. what do you want to do when you grow up? Okay, so I want to be a veterinarian now. So now all my identity and my sense of self is wrapped up in whether I become a veterinarian. Yeah. I've just set myself up for, at best, not being happy until I become one. At mm-hmm. worst, let's say I change my mind, something happens, I cannot do it, whatever then that's it, that I'm going to be unhappy. So all my power went into this profession. And, you know, it's not a good recipe. Right. But when my power is in, why do I want to be a veterinarian? Maybe because I care about animals, maybe because I want to be in the healing profession, you know, whatever it is for you. Then you can always go back to that place and you can be that person starting today. You don't have to right. be a veterinarian. And it will just become better and better the more you can live in alignment yeah. with your purpose. I think that's really cool too. And also I, I'm kind of just like thinking about my own journey and like purpose was always something that was very important to me, but I love the intentional approach that you take people through because I think even when I was very young, even graduating high school and going to college, it was always really important to me to do something that mattered or to make some sort of a difference. But I don't think that ever, I've never really connected that with myself and what I was good at and what my purpose was. I think it was just like, I have to do something that matters. And so if I would get into a job and I would feel like, no, this doesn't matter. Next. Like, and it, I got into, I've been in and out of a lot of different jobs and careers that I would hit a wall and be like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not making a difference here. So let me move on. But I think if I had the tools that you're talking about going into it, I would know that like along the way I could be making, you know, I could be making a difference every day in small ways. So I I do, I feel like we're kind of talking on like a more philosophical level. And I want to know, like, if people are listening to this right now and being like, oh my gosh, yes, I, I know that something's off, but I don't really know like what to do about it. Do you have any like, you know, tangible things that people can sit down and do when they're in this state? 
Yeah. So here's a few that come to mind. One is that the first thing I, I usually look into with my clients is, is it your job or is it the career? Is it the boss? Is it the work environment? In other words, you have to uncollapse things. When mm-hmm. we are unhappy sometimes, then we start feeling everything makes us unhappy, but it's not everything. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, if you like journaling, I would sit down and I would really start t- teasing apart the things you don't like about your job and go very granularly. For example, you know, sometimes people come to me to change careers and they end up not changing careers. They figure out they need to speak up more at work and ask for certain things or they need a different team. And they like what they do, but they really, really are like the work environment, the work relations are not a good match for them. So I would say really that teasing apart and not like your mind will say, I hate all of this. You probably right. don't hate it all. Okay. Yeah, that's a really good piece of advice. The second thing is to develop a deep felt sense for your body. And if you had told me this a few years ago, I would have been like, what? No way. But <laughs> yes, <laughs> because when we get down, all our energy goes to our thoughts. And the more you get down, the more you start future tripping. Like, oh Mm. my God, if I lose this, I will never get another job. But what if I, you know, and you go into this spinning thing. And if you try to fight it, you get more into the spinning thoughts and future tripping. Mm -hmm. So what you need to do is get to your body, feel your body, feel your feet on the floor, Mm. feel the tension when you hold it and release it. And don't get caught up in those thoughts. Yeah. Get out of your brain. Yes. The mind. Your body. Yeah. So one of my clients said it's not the mind and the body. It's the mind body. Hmm. So sometimes working on your body calms your mind and it can be easier. But it also helps in another way, which is a lot of the time we're conditioned to think that unless we have a quote unquote legitimate reason we cannot quit or we cannot change careers. So, you know, if your boss is like a a super horrible person and you can write down two pages of all the horrible things he does, then you feel like you can quit. But, (laughs) you know, most of the times you're not in some horrible, toxic situation. You might be in an environment that just doesn't work for you. Mm -hmm. And it might be at a very subtle level. I'll give you an example. I'm a very relational person. I tend to be very aware of like how people feel. It's really important for me. Obviously, I'm a coach, right? So there's Mm -hmm. a lot of that. I don't do well in environments where I feel it's all about numbers or data or there's a lot more, you know, a lot less sharing and more reserve kind of feelings. Also, I'm Italian, probably culturally. (laughs) There's something like that, right? (laughs) It's not a better way to do anything. It's a different way. Yeah. So for somebody like me, it's important to just recognize that and recognize when I might feel tense or kind of down because I don't have that relational feeling and say, hmm, that's not what works for them, but it's what works for me. I don't have to wait for to feel really awful about it. I don't have to make them wrong. 
I can actually be in tune with the subtle feelings. And if there's no way to work it out, I can go look for something else. Right. So really being in tune with yourself at a subtle level is an incredible breakthrough, I find, and very important. Yeah, I, I feel like it's those that's one of those like muscles that you're talking about. It sounds like easier said than done. Definitely something that you're gonna have to work on and continue to work on because it's so easy to get wrapped up in like what you talked about, like future tripping and stressing out about everything. And so it's like gonna be a daily or hourly reminder to like, no, just relax, get into your body, feel the ground. It's a practice. Pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. So I know that so much of this happens when you are in crisis mode and you feel like I, you know, you feel like this urge to get out of it. But I'm wondering if there are any like pieces of advice or anything that people, young people could do like right before they're graduating college or high school. Like, is there anything that you would recommend so that they kind of like start these practices and maybe don't end up in a situation that they don't really want to be in? Yes. I have so much advice that I wish somebody had given me. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> okay. Let's hear it. <laughs> yes. This is my chance. Okay. Um, well, one is, mm, how, which one do I want to say first? Let me think. Um, <laughs> one is that at whatever age we are, we always feel we're too old or we miss mm. the mark. Okay. Yeah. So if you're in your 50s, you look back at people that were 25 and are like, oh my God, you're such a kid. But if you're 25, you know, it feels like I'm already five years behind or whatever, right? So one thing is to have a practice to envision yourself 20, 30 years later and look back so you have perspective that you have a long road ahead. Mm -hmm. And one year seems a long time when it's that one year you're going through it. But in the big scheme of things, it's nothing. And so to have a daily practice, to remind yourself to put your life in perspective. I think that's really, really important, no matter what your age, to really do this. Yeah. And especially young, because you're right. When you're that young, when you're in your 20s or your teens, it it's everything is about the right now. And it's so true. You really do have to pretend you're your parents' age or your grandparents' age and look back and be like, oh yeah, I guess it's not that big of a deal. Right. Yeah. Acquire that perspective. Right. And also, Mm -hmm. you know, I know, you know, like in reality, people try different things and they don't even use sometimes their degree and so forth. Right. So it's normal. The, The secret of life is to enjoy the journey, to have fun, to embrace yourself. Yeah, that's the secret. Whether you keep to the same path or you change careers, right? The second thing I would say is to be more curious than afraid. So be curious. What's out there? What are people doing? Can you try something? Right? Don't get caught up in the fear that if you do the wrong thing, it's going to be this big mistake. Most mistakes in life, I would say 99.99%, like you're going to be fine. You know, you can manage your risk. So really be curious, manage your risk and try things out. I think that's really Yeah, important. I love that. Yeah. The, th- the third thing, don't make it about yourself. 
and I think this is something for everybody, not just young people. We know by research that what makes people happy is contributing to others, is to relating mm-hmm. to others. So the most important thing in a career is to ask yourself, on one hand, what do I enjoy? So all the stuff we talked about, you know, being tuned in your body, your energy, all that, you want to do things you enjoy. And then put your attention over who needs my help? What can I contribute that will make a difference? So have always a part of yourself focused on what is out there without worrying so much by yourself. Because Mm. if you choose something that resonates with you and you are making a difference, and when I say making a difference, it can be like world difference, right? But it can even just be like, I show up at work every morning and I do my job. Everybody's happy, you know, and I go home. It doesn't have to be world changing. You'll never be outside of opportunities. You'll never be out of opportunities. You will always have people eager to work with you. Love that. I love that. Yeah. How can I serve? How can I be of service? Yeah. How can I contribute? Yeah. I love that. Well, those were such good pieces of advice. And that's like my, you also just like jumped to the next question, which was what are some, what are some things that you've learned in life that you wish you would have known sooner? Is there anything else you want to add to that list? Yeah, this is a really big one for me. Very personal, more love and compassion Mm. all the time, especially with what, you know, is sometimes called the inner critic. So depending on how you were raised or the kind of environments you've been, some of us have very, very vicious inner critics. And some of us have inner critics that are not that nice. And what we do and what we absorb from outside is to put ourselves down, to you know pick on what we're bad at, think about what we need to fix about your, ourselves, a lot of that inner dialogue. Yeah. And a lot of that inner dialogue is also mirrored on the dialogue outside. Okay. A lot of the di- dialogue in mainstream culture is one of psychological attack and psychological yeah. violence, essentially. The, the biggest thing that has helped me really the most is to actually develop compassion for that inner critic. Hmm. And so there is a concept in Buddhism, and you know we can go into like a lot of details here, but we don't need to. Um, called unnecessary suffering. So there is life. There's there's gonna be suffering that we cannot control. Like you know, even if you have the happiest, best life, at some point, somebody you love will die. You know, you might get sick and so forth. Right. So this, right. this is normal. Everybody goes through suffering. But then there is unnecessary suffering. And that is the suffering that we take on ourselves. And one of the ways we do that is that if something doesn't work for us or we make a mistake, we double down on how horrible Mm. we were. That is unnecessary suffering. So what do you do if you, let's say you make a legit mistake, you go into a career and you realize this is not what I want to do or you know, you didn't do your assignment at college and now you messed up and you have to repeat the the course or whatever, right? Like you messed up. You legitimately like you didn't do what you thought you were supposed to do. Well, have compassion. 
it's yeah. not going to make you less. Actually, it's going to make you much better in life. You can right. grieve, you know, you can learn from it, but really from a sense of like, I'm a human being. I make mistakes. And if it's a mistake, you know, sometimes uh, this is from a spiritual teacher. She said, what do you do if you make a mistake? Ah, bless yourself. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know? So really, yeah. when that voice comes up, when that inside of you wants to put you down for something, actually recognize the pain it also feels and be with your own pain out of self-love and self-compassion. Mm. And that will change your life. Yeah, I love that. I totally love that. It's so important to be like, I, I say, so I, I tutor students and one piece of advice that I give to other tutors is, you know, part of what we have to do is make learning fun, but also sometimes it's okay to tell the kid this sucks <laughs> and it's okay to recognize that this sucks and it's not fun and you hate doing it, but we have to learn how to get through it. So I think I mean, in so many points of life, it's really good to, it's okay to grieve. It's okay to recognize, like, I made a mistake and I'm not happy about it, but I don't have to be stuck here. I don't have to punish myself for it. No. And I also don't have to try to feel good about it, you know? Right. I right. can just be like, okay, I'm sad about it, you know? I mean, you don't want to fall into, like, an habitual way of constantly being down, right? That's a different problem. Mm-hmm. But really the being able to let yourself feel and soothe yourself, I think is really important. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Aurora, you had mentioned that you were, would be providing a workbook so our listeners could kind of take some of what they've learned from this conversation. Can you share a little bit about what that is and how we can access it? Yeah, I'm going to send you a link um, to a page where people can enter their email address and then receive it. And it's going to be a PDF with questions. And then it guides you through some introspection and something so you can start, you know, connecting with yourself and noticing what's working for you, what's not working and talk about some of these in more detail so you can how can I say this? So a lot of the times we think all we need is knowledge. This was actually the mm -hmm. one thing, Rebecca, I wanted to say about what we don't learn in school, right? We think it's the knowledge, but intellectual knowledge in life, sometimes it's not enough. We need to have a practice. Mm -hmm. So whatever you heard from this podcast, then, then what's going to make a difference is can you take it in your life and can you start practicing so it's really a workbook to help you um, look at some of these insights for yourself in your life and how they apply. That's great. That's really, really helpful. Thank you for setting that, that up for us. And where can people find you? Where can they find you or Repurpose Your Purpose? So repurposeyourpurpose.com. I invite you to check it out. There, I have a library of resources that has that has worksheets and things like that you can browse and a blog and stories. So you can spend quite some time there exploring changing careers and living a fulfilling life with purpose. 
That's excellent. And and I will be linking some resources that Aurora has sent me in the show notes along with the workbook and the link to her website. So thank you so much, Aurora. This was really, really helpful. I feel like it was a mini therapy session for me. And <laughs> I, I hope that it was, I know, I'm sure that it was um, and will be continue to be helpful to our listeners. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me and I love what you're doing. I'll be listening to all the other episodes of what I didn't learn in school. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Thank you. The 13th Grade Podcast is a production of Knit Marketing. Music written and performed by Adewale Williams and Yusef Blake. Sound engineering and editing by Jackson Buhaj. Thank you for joining us and be sure to hit subscribe and leave us a review. See you next class. Thank you.